Section 12 of Messengers of Evil by Marcel Alaine and Pierre Silvestre. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter 12 Investigations. A man jumped quickly out of the Atul Madeleine tram. It would have been difficult to guess his age or see his face. He wore a large, soft hat, a Brazilian sombrero, whose edges he had turned down. The collar of his overcoat was turned up, so that the lower part of his face was so far buried in it that his features were almost hidden. Then, during the entire journey, seated at the end of the tramcar, he had kept his back turned on the other passenger. He seemed to be absorbed in watching the movements of the driver. At the end of the Rue Mozart, where the Rues La Fontaine, Poisson, de Perchamps meet, he had quitted the tram with real satisfaction. Then, in the silence of the evening, the clock of Atul Church had slowly struck eight silvery strokes. The listening man murmured, Oh, there's no hurry after all. I've a good two hours' wait in front of me. Leaving the frequented ways, he plunged into the little by-streets, newly made and not yet named, which joined the end of the Rue Mozart with the Boulevard Montmorency. He walked fast, at the same time taking his bearings. Rue Raffette, if I don't deceive myself, it lies in this direction. He reached the hilly and lonely road bearing that name, which, on both sides of its entire length, is bordered by attractive private residences swiftly silently stealthily this individual approached one of these houses he glanced through the garden railing scrutinizing the windows which were lighted up good good decidedly good he said in a low tone of satisfaction but there's two hours to wait they are still in the dining-room if i am to go by the lighted windows the watcher now inspected the rue raffette the house which interested him so much was situated just where the rue de docteur blanche opens into the street at right angles atul is certainly not a frequented part but as a rule the rue raffette is generally more lonely than any of the streets in atul no carriages no pedestrians from an early hour in the evening that hilly road was more often than not quite deserted so was the rue de docteur blanche still surrounded by wasteland and more especially at the rue raffette end a glance or two sufficed to show the man the lie of the land he noted the feeble glimmer of the street lamps he made certain that not one of the neighboring houses could perceive his actions mark his movements he repeated in a theatrical tone of voice with a note of amusement in it not a soul not a solitary soul well it is no joke to wait here but after all it is a quiet spot and i can count on not being disturbed in the job i have in hand to-night this individual traversed the rue raffette gained the rue de docteur blanche and wrapping himself up in his voluminous black coat ensconced himself in a break in the palisades bordering the pavement he stood there motionless anyone might have passed within a few yards of him without suspecting his presence so still was he so imperceptibly did his dark figure blend with the blackness of the night he started slightly the church clock struck nine its notes sounding silvery clear through the tranquil night in the distance some convent clock chimed an evening prayer then a deeper silence fell on the darkness of night 
Suddenly the front door of the house, which the stranger had watched with scrutinizing intentness, was thrown wide open, showing a large luminous square in the darkness. Two women were speaking. "'Are you going out, my darling?' asked the elder. "'Don't be anxious, madam,' replied a girlish voice. "'There is no need to wait for me. I am only going to the post.' "'Why not give Jules your letter?' "'No, I prefer to post it myself.' "'You would not like someone to go with you? There are not many people about at this hour.' The same fresh young voice replied, "'Oh, I am not frightened. Besides, it's only Rue Raffet which is deserted. As soon as I reach Rue Mozart, there will be nothing more to fear.' The luminous square drawn on the obscurity of the garden disappeared. The mysterious stranger, who had not lost a word of this conversation, heard the door of the vestibule close. Then the gravel of the garden crunch under the feet of the girl coming down the path. Very soon the gate of the garden grated on its badly oiled hinges, then the elegant outline of a young girl was visible on the badly lighted pavement. She was walking fast. The stranger remained stationary until the girl had gone some way, then pressing against the wall, concealing his movements with practiced ability, he followed her at a discreet distance. "'There can be no doubt about it,' he murmured. "'I recognized her voice directly. It's the very deuce. It's going to complicate matters. A lover's meeting? Not likely. She must be going to the post, as she said. She will return in about a quarter of an hour, and then—' then the girl was far from suspecting that she was being followed she had walked down rue mozart turned into rue poisson posted her letter and then walked quietly back to the house the stranger had not followed her into the more frequented streets he awaited her return in a dark and deserted side street when she came into view again he sighed a sigh of great satisfaction ah there is the dear child that's all right now we shall have some fun or rather i shall anyone seeing his face whilst making these significant exclamations would have been frightened by his sneering chuckle his hideous grin a few minutes later the girl re-entered the little garden of the house in the rue raffet a stout woman opened to her ring ah oh, there you are darling there was relief in her tone yes here i am safe and sound madam nothing unpleasant no one molested you elizabeth elizabeth delon for she it was shook her head and smiled a smile both sad and sweet ah no madam i was sure you would be waiting for me i am so sorry no not at all tell me elizabeth jules has told me that you would not be going out to-morrow the poor fellow is so stupid that i ask myself if he has not made a mistake no said elizabeth it is quite true i do not think i shall go out either in the morning or the afternoon you expect a caller it is possible someone may come to see me if by any chance i have to go out for a few minutes to get something or other i must warn jules he must make the visitor wait i shall not go far in case all right that's settled then darling now good night i am going to my room good evening madam and good night leaving stout and kindly madame borat owner of this private boarding-house where elizabeth delon had found a refuge the poor girl still with a smile on her pale lips made her way upstairs entered her bedroom and carefully locked the door she lit the lamp her face now wore a tragic look 
its expression was wild and desperate if only he would come she sighed ah oh, i am afraid i am afraid i am terribly afraid elizabeth stood motionless a frozen image of fear all but her eyes they were casting terrified glances about her and no wonder elizabeth was neatness personified and her room was kept with exquisite care but now everything was in the greatest disorder the drawers of her chest of drawers were piled one on top of the other in a corner of the room their contents were thrown down in heaps a little way off books had been cast pell-mell on a sofa a great wicker trunk wherein elizabeth had packed numerous papers belonging to her brother was overturned on the floor the lid open its contents were scattered near a confused mass of documents and crumpled papers elizabeth stared about her for a long minute and again she cried oh if only he would come what is the meaning of all this she regained her self-control her usual expression of serene gravity returned to go to sleep she murmured that is the best thing to-morrow will come more quickly so and oh i am so sleepy so very very tired soon elizabeth blew out her lamp darkness reigned in her room it was about half-past ten o'clock and the light in elizabeth dollon's room had been extinguished for some little while when the front door of the little house was opened again noiselessly with infinite precautions with searching and suspicious glances taking care to keep off the gravel of the paths tiptoeing on the grass edging the flower-beds where his steps made no sound a man left the house and went toward the garden gate he quickly reached it and there he commenced to whistle a soft slow monotonous and continuous whistle second succeeded second then another whistle identical in rhythm replied soon a voice asked is it you jules it is i master the man whom jules called master was the stranger who for two weary hours had kept strict watch over the goings and comings of the house all well jules all well master and nothing new i don't know about that master she has written a letter to home i couldn't say i could not see the address master you red-headed idiot the servant protested no it was not my fault she did not write in the drawing-room but in her own room i couldn't get a squint at her paper did she not say anything nothing did she look upset a little no one suspects anything i hope not master gods and little fishes if anyone suspected the visitor's voice grew harsh imperious enough said he we have no time to lose how no time that's it we must set to work work now this very night oh master surely not don't i do you imagine that i arranged a meeting only for the pleasure of talking to you come on now march what are we to do a moment's silence i cannot see the house very well because of the branches listen look isn't there a light someone still up no they've all gone to bed good and she she too you did what i told you yes master you were able to pour out the narcotic yes master and then what do you mean by then have you carried out all my orders the last yes it is all right i went into her room and blew out the lamp 
good now for it a slight brushing sound along the low stone wall of the garden was barely perceptible to a listening ear the wall was topped by railings and the gate had sheets of iron fastened to it in a twinkling the stranger leaped down beside jules it is child's play to vault that gate he said by the uncertain light of the stars jules could see the individual who had just joined him his appearance was fantastic and the wretched jules started and trembled in every limb the stranger who had thus invaded madame borat's domain who had a short while before been wearing a long cloak and immense sombrero wore them no longer probably he had rid himself of them by casting them among the bramble bushes on the waste ground around rue docteur blanche now he was clad in a long black knitted garment moulded tightly to his figure a sinister garment by means of which the wearer can blend with the darkness so as to be almost indistinguishable his face was entirely concealed by a long black hood a movable mask which prevented his features being seen through two slits gleamed two eyeballs they might have burned away through like glowing coals master master murmured jules what are you going to do now this spectral figure replied in a low tone fool go on in front or no better follow me and not a sound it's as much as your skin is worth take care great care the two men advanced in silence but while jules seemed to take exaggerated precautions to prevent being heard his companion seemed naturally shod with silence he advanced noiselessly almost invisible in his black garment the two accomplices were soon at the front door steps of the house open commanded the master jules slipped the key into the lock noiselessly the door turned on its hinges listen whispered the cloaked man halfway up the stairs you must stop i do not wish you to go right up but do as i say you must keep watch if by chance you should hear a noise if i were to be taken by surprise you must go downstairs making a great noise and shouting at the top of your voice stop him stop him thus in the first moment of confusion everyone will rush after you and that will give me the time to choose my way of escape jules whatever his fears did not dare to question his instructions very good master he breathed i'll do as you say i should think you would scoffed his master almost inaudibly leaving his accomplice on the stairs the masked man went forward he seemed to know the ins and outs of the house for he turned into the corridor and without a moment's hesitation walked towards the door of elizabeth delon's room he put his ear against it she sleeps he murmured he had inserted a key in the lock there was an obstacle to its easy entrance confound it the girl has left her own key in the lock he said softly what the deuce am i to do now what did jules do when he got in and put out the lamp why of course he took off the screw that fixes the staple a simple push will suffice with a push of his shoulder the door yielded the stranger entered and carefully closed the door he walked to the window and drew the curtains muttering that fool should have thought of this just now taking a small electric torch from his pocket he turned on the light calmly collectedly he approached a couch at one side of the room on it lay elizabeth delon in a deep sleep she looked white as death an excellent narcotic he muttered bending over the unconscious girl 
when one thinks that she took it at dinner then went out and that then it produced its effect moving away from elizabeth he crossed the room to where the contents of the overturned trunk lay damnable papers he growled low to think it is too late now to continue the search bah by shutting the mouth of an informant that's the way to settle it the best way too now for it without apparent effort the man in the hooded mask seized elizabeth delon in his muscular arms come mademoiselle he said in a jeering tone come to bye-bye sleep better than on this sofa you will sleep a longer sleep that's certain an evil smile punctuated these sinister remarks he laid the poor girl's body on the floor in the middle of the room then approaching a little gas stove he detached the india-rubber tube and slipped the end of it between his victim's teeth he turned the gas tap perfect he said as he straightened himself to-morrow morning early at eight o'clock or at nine the excellent madame borat will open the meter the narcotic this child has taken will prevent her from waking so that without suffering without cries quite gently sweet elizabeth will pass from life to death but it will not do to linger here let us find jewels and give him the necessary instructions the stranger went out into the corridor closing the door the thing had been well managed the screws keeping the bolt case in position were put back in their holes the key remained inside no one would suspect that only a slight push was necessary to get into the room with a chuckle the stranger bent down and pushed a tassel under the door the servant must not discover the trick when she is sweeping the passage now with this wedge the door cannot be opened without a violent push with a last glance up and down the passage illuminated for a moment by his electric torch the stranger made sure that there was no one about to see him then with silent tread he began to go downstairs halfway down his accomplice awaited him well master questioned jules in a low trembling voice in a calm quiet voice the man in the hood mask replied it is done it is successful i have wedged the door too you will be careful when you are sweeping to-morrow jules lowered his head yes yes have you the stranger put his hand on the servant's shoulder listen whispered the stranger i do not repeat my orders twenty times over have i not already told you that i do not allow myself to be questioned try to remember that you wish to know whether i have killed her well i will tell you this i have not killed her but i have so managed things that she will kill herself a suicide you understand one piece of advice to-morrow keep anyone from going to her room as long as you can if madame borat or anyone else asks for her you must say that you saw her leave the house that she has gone out but protested jules it is impossible what you tell me to say master it just happens that she is expecting visitors to-morrow she told me that on this account she meant to stay indoors all day the man with the hood mask ground his teeth you idiot what does that matter you are to say mademoiselle elizabeth has just gone out but she told me that she was not going far and that you should return in about twenty minutes if anyone should ask for her again you are to answer that she has not come in yet but master when they find out what's happened really ho oh, when it is discovered it will seem quite natural that a person who means to commit suicide for she will have committed suicide you understand should have taken precautions not to be disturbed 
you grasp this yes master yes they had returned to the garden the man in the hooded mask was preparing to get over the gate farewell be faithful be intelligent you know what you have to gain you also know what risks you run eh now go you will return to-morrow master the man with the hooded mask looked his accomplice up and down i shall return when it pleases me to do so then with marvellous agility without making a spring for it with a quite extraordinary muscular flexibility and power the stranger leaped on to the little wall cleared the gate and disappeared into the night jules with bent head much moved terribly anxious slowly walked back to the house end of chapter twelve read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california shaggybark.blogspot.com